Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of Topical with Michael Schaefer. It's me, Michael Schaefer. Boy, have we got another big week of news to talk about. Big story this week is just unfolding as we speak right now on X, the social media platform formerly known as Twitter. Alex Jones has been allowed back on that platform. Now, if you don't know who Alex Jones is... Firstly, I envy you. Congratulations on not being terminally online the way that I am. But I'm going to bring up the speed on who he is and why it's such a big deal that he's back on X. If you don't want to know, if you don't want to know who he is, honestly, I I respect that decision and maybe fast forward 10, 12, 15 minutes. I don't know how long I'm going to have to take to explain who this man is but just fast forward if you don't want to know who he is because I understand that there's only so much room in our brains and there's only so much information you can hold and as you know every time something new comes in it pushes something old out so you know Alex Jones might come into your brain and then you forget your wife's name because now you have Alex Jones occupying the space that your wife used to hold in your cerebellum so if you don't want to know who he is, I totally respect that. I won't be offended if you fast forward 10, 12, 15 minutes. I don't know how long it's going to take for me to unpack this, but it could be a while. If you do want to know who he is, I'm going to give you my observations of the man. So this is a man who became prominent on the internet as basically a conspiracy theorist he became famous about five years ago because he was sued by the families of the children who were killed in the Sandy Hook shooting in the US. So that was like an awful, awful shooting back in 2012. And a lot of like kindergartners, preschool kids were shot and many of them died. Um, and look, one good thing that came out, out of that was that the US did pass stringent gun laws that now makes it the safest country in the world. And they haven't had a single mass shooting event since then, since 2012. So a lot of kids died, but you know, it was, it was the impetus that the country needed in order to ban assault r- rifles and demand universal checks on people who are purchasing guns and just introducing reasonable measures that have made it the utopian perfect society that we now see today in 2023. So Alex Jones started a conspiracy around the families of these dead children. He basically said that this was, in his words, a false flag operation, which means that basically... It's all fake. It never happened. None of these kids ever existed. And the parents who you see on the news crying all the time and, you know, demanding gun reform and grieving for their their children, they're just crisis actors. They're just crisis actors. They're not real. And they're being exploited by the government in order to push through draconian gun laws that would prevent you from owning a bazooka, which is, of course, every American's God-given right under the U.S. Constitution. So he was a big proponent of this conspiracy theory. 
And it took hold so strongly amongst some of the more unsavory, uh, dark recesses of the internet that these parents and these families then started getting harassed by these absolute nut jobs who thought that Alex Jones was onto something. And so a lot of these families would get physically harassed and intimidated. Many of them had threats, death threats sent to them. They were for, some of them were forced to move house. Many of them couldn't go and visit their children's graves because they would be harassed there. So some really, really awful stuff happened to these parents who were, of course, already grieving their dead children. And then Alex Jones started this mob, basically sicked this mob onto them. So because he cultivated that conspiracy theory online, that kind of put him on the map because then he got sued about a year or so ago. He got sued by some of the families of these kids and they were like, hey, you know, we're real people. Uh, we're not crisis actors. And I think at that point, Alex Jones was like, oh, shit. Um, I think these might not be actors because I think like this, the the actors strike was happening at the time and there's no way they could have continued to pretend to be crisis actors with being members of the Actors Guild and all the actors being on strike. So there was a technicality that made it pretty apparent to him that these guys weren't actors, that they were actually real real parents. And honestly, if, if they were actors, that would be impressive. It would be very, very impressive if you could maintain that ruse for so long. Because, you know, a lot of people get impressed when actors can just like cry on command. But imagine having to do that for like, 10 years in if if they were actors hats off to them but i just don't think any human being has that type of acting skill i think even meryl streep would struggle to pull off the the craft that these alleged crisis actors were de were demonstrating i mean they, they always talk about how daniel day lewis is one of those famous method actors who stays in character for months on end leading up to a film. And apparently when he was Abraham Lincoln in the movie Lincoln, he behaved as Lincoln and, and spoke as Lincoln for months and months at a time, which I think would have been very annoying when he's just hanging out around the house with his wife and she's like, can you go and get the milk? And he's like, would you like four score liters of milk? Like, that would get it. She'd be like, shut the fuck up, Daniel. Stop being Lincoln for a second. Break character, please. Go out and get the milk. So there are, there is a precedent for people to go in depth into a character and, and, and be that person for an extended period of time. It's really only done by the best of the best. You know, we're talking the Meryl Streep's, the Daniel Day Lewis's. There was that story how, about how Jared Leto, who played the Joker in that awful movie, Suicide Squad. I think it was called Suicide Squad because so many people who watched it wanted to commit suicide. But he was the Joker in that movie and apparently he would go on set and be the Joker for for even like when the cameras weren't rolling. And apparently he got accused of kind of workplace harassment, workplace bullying when 
he brought a dead rat to a to a reading or to a lunch meeting and everyone was like jared what the fuck are you doing and he was like who's jared i'm the joker and everyone's like ugh, this guy's really really fucking fucking annoying which again actors are annoying that's just a known thing um, amongst the industry I guess the point I'm coming back to is that Alex Jones accused these innocent civilians who were grieving the deaths of their children of being crisis actors, which again was unlikely just given that if no one could be that good at acting. So these families who turned out to just be bereaved parents sued Alex Jones for lots and lots of money because of the harassment that he incited against them. And the judge and I think I'm not sure if it was a jury trial I think it was just a judge who presided over it but ultimately the plaintiffs were awarded over a billion dollars worth of compensation and that included not just compensation for the emotional trauma etc but a lot of it was also punitive because they found that Alex Jones had kind of been malicious and that he had kind of deliberately made up this stuff in order to get views online and, you know, because he makes his money by selling uh, products, like typically like really macho masculine products to idiot men, basically. So the way he makes his money is like in the middle of his show, he'll be like, you know, are you a real man? Do you bleed red, white and blue? Well, do you love the bald eagle? Uh, 9-11, never forget. To help you never forget, here is some uh, semen from a lizard that I ingest into my penis every day and it helps me with my short-term and long-term memory. Studies out of Cambodia show that this serum improves your recall 85% in a recent double-blind trial uh, involving uh, a goat and a donkey. So for the low, low price of $399.95, you can have this semen and you can put in your own penis and then you'll never forget 9-11. That's kind of what he does. And it's a very good, I think, business strategy because, I mean, he's already got an audience of gullible idiots. So... If you believe that all the people you're seeing on TV are paid crisis actors and have been for many, many years, you're probably dumb enough to think that these pills that he ordered off, you know, Silk Road that were just delivered from somewhere in Brazil will add, you know, four inches to your penis. So it's kind of smart. He does have an audience of gullible idiots and he makes his money by selling products to them that make them that appeal to their uh, insecurities about being a man that appeal to them as men and makes them feel like they are men even though they don't have a wife or a girlfriend or a job or make any real meaningful contribution to society so he cultivated this this uh, mob of people who believed that these parents were Christ's actors so that he could keep them watching his show and so that he could keep selling dick pills to them eventually like I said he gets sued and he gets 
an award made against him for over a billion dollars because the judge realized the judge said like basically he was he was being malicious he was intentionally deceiving people for views and then he declared bankruptcy and was like all right cool but i don't have a billion dollars and i i think that's probably true he probably doesn't have a billion dollars i do think he kind of cleverly structured his business in a way that means that you know he doesn't have a billion dollars but he's still got some money kind of like hidden away somewhere i don't know what he said to the judge i think he was like judge i'm so sorry all my money is currently tied up in in dick pills um you know i've got i can't i can't pay the them the money but can i interest them in some uh bull's testicles that i bought off the black market that apparently give you a, an, an eight pack so I, I don't know what's happening with the money side of things but he's declared bankruptcy i can't imagine he's paid out anywhere near the billion dollars in the last 12 to 18 months that that judgment has been weighing over his head so with all that context there's been this big push to get him back on x the platform formerly known as twitter because a i think he needs the money and he's seen the way that other right-wing conspiracy nut jobs like tucker carlson and andrew tate have managed to actually monetize a lot of their content on twitter sorry i keep calling it twitter instead of x it's it's like i just that's how dumb elon musk is that he took a company that everyone knew and had such strong brand recognition recognition both with name and logo and then just decided i'm going to call it x and completely destroy th all of that so that i can have a website that people will mistake for pornography so alex jones had been pr presumably campaigning behind the scenes to get back on x Elon Musk, the the new owner of X, did a poll and he said, "Look, let's let's put this to the public. Let's make this democratic. If you know, if a majority of you guys vote for Alex Jones to be welcomed back on the platform, I'll reinstate his account because Alex Jones did get banned five years ago under the previous administration of X because of all these insane claims he was making about the Sandy Hook families." So 2 million people voted on this Elon Musk poll. 70% of them said, let's reinstate Alex Jones. And I don't think that 70% of people who are necessarily agreeing with what Alex Jones says. I'm sure there is a percentage of people who do think that what he says is correct. And in Alex Jones's defense, he has made some correct predictions in the past a lot of his fans will point that out to you and that is true but alex jones predicts everything and so every now and again he's gonna sometimes be right you know so a a broken clock is correct twice a day and alex jones might have been correct when he predicted a pandemic seven years ago on an episode of his InfoWars show. But so far, he hasn't been proven correct on how the fluoride in the water is making your children transgender. I don't think he's been proven correct yet on that. Maybe one day he will. Maybe one day 
the, the the study will come out and say, yeah, it was all the fluoride. Actually, um, the more that children drink fluoride, the more they they question their own gender, and the more likely they are to transition. I'm not saying that's likely. I'm just saying it hasn't been proven uh, right or wrong yet. So I guess that one, if Alex Jones is still still warm on the bench, that prediction. But he has made some other predictions that did turn out to kind of be true. But when you make that many predictions and when you make them in as vague terms as he does, you're going to be right every now and again. It's kind of like when you go to a a tarot card reader and they very, very cleverly make predictions about your future that are vague enough, but also common enough that you think that they know what they're doing. So, you know, you go to like one of those tarot card readers, you know, you're at, you're at a, at a fair, you're at a circus of some sort. There's a lady out the front who is not a gypsy, but dresses as one in order to make you feel like she has some sort of, supernatural Romanian powers and can communicate with the dead and, and the future. She says, Hey, for, you know, $10 cash, I'll tell you your future. And you're like, well, you know what? That's, that's pretty good. Maybe she'll tell me tomorrow's uh, lottery numbers. Uh, it's never anything as, um, as I guess, concrete or as helpful as that, but you know, but she'll do your cards and then maybe she'll look at your palm and, then she'll be like, oh, you are going to meet someone in the future who is going to have a big impact on you. And you're like, oh my God, wow. That is such a huge, huge prediction to make for my life. I'm, this was $10 well spent. And then the next 12 years of your life, you're just like wondering, is this the, is this the person is this guy that I'm meeting now on Tinder, is he the guy that's going to have a, a big impact on my life? Is it, is it the plumber who's coming tomorrow to fix the broken sink? Is he the one that's going to have a big impact on my life? And it turns out it probably was the plumber because when you fix a broken sink, that will have a big impact on your life. So Alex Jones is essentially like the tarot card reader for these gullible white men who, you know, will absorb all of the predictions he'll make over the course of a 10-year period. And then when one of them comes to fruition, for example, that there is a global pandemic, which by the way, every scientist in the world was predicting for years and years and years because they just happen naturally anyway, almost on a schedule. People say, well, you know, he got something, he got the pandemic right, so maybe he's right about how the Jews did 9-11, you know? So that's kind of how he he sells himself, and that's how he presents himself as a guy who knows what he's talking about. So I guess with that support behind him, that's where a lot of the 70% votes came from. A lot of people said, let's get him back on Twitter because this is the guy who speaks truth. This is the guy who knows what's going on. This is a guy who can predict the future. I think that was a good chunk of the 70%. But then there's also just the people who are kind of like me, who kind of just like to watch a train wreck. I mean, I didn't vote in the poll, but if you had put a gun to my head and said, hey, uh, can you vote in this poll? Firstly, I would have said, how did you get that gun? I thought America 
passed some stringent gun laws following the Sandy Hook massacre and that it's now a utopian society. And the person holding the gun said, no, 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 you were kind of joking. You were being satirical about that and you were pointing out how actually the opposite occurred and no changes were made. And I'll be like, oh no, I've become a victim of my own satire. So gun to my head, if I had to vote purely for entertainment purposes, and let's rem- don't please don't get upset with me for saying this. Like I'm a comedian, I work in entertainment, I love I love entertainment and I view social media, particularly X, really just as like entertainment now. I don't think it has any real impact on society that much on policy i really think it's become just a group of you know nazis and anti-semites and racists and conspiracy theorists all just jerking each other off and that is fun to watch as an observer if that leads to real world consequence in the future and i'm not saying it won't it might in the future i mean i'm not alex jones i can't predict the future if it does lead to that that's that's a problem but for now i just see these losers jerking each other off on on this social media platform i probably would have voted yes just to just for the entertainment purpose in the same way i do want to see donald trump back on x as well he won't come back on his account remember was um was suspended because you know he incited the january 6 insurrection and tried to you know overthrow the government and typically when you try to overthrow the government you might lose some basic rights not your freedom, but you might lose a Twitter account. So he lost his Twitter account. And then Elon Musk said to Trump, hey, I'm back in charge. You can have your account back. And then Trump, unfortunately, said, well, you know, I now have my own social media platform that I own and run called Truth Social, where I get to type everything in caps lock and where I just make all the rules. Like... Truth Social is a very, very funny platform because your account will get suspended if you don't post a conspiracy theory. Like if you just post a normal, you know, tweet like, oh, um, I had a really nice breakfast at Edna's Cafe today. Uh, Then it will get flagged by the algorithm because they'll be like, "Um, this post has been deleted and your account has been suspended because at no point did you say that Edna's Cafe is run by the Jews. So Truth Social is an interesting platform that Trump controls. It has his own algorithm that serves Trump very well. So he had no interest in coming back on X because he's already got his kind of own echo chamber that exists over here. And it would also be kind of embarrassing for him to admit that Truth Social doesn't have as many users and as much reach as X. So... He stayed on X, but I would have loved to have seen him come back to X just because I don't, I'm not on Truth Social. They won't let me on because I'm Jewish. So I'm not on Truth Social. and But I still want to see Trump's post. I still want to see his communications because, again, as a comedian, as an entertainer, I find the man very funny. I find the man funny. And I just, I love comedy. I think the funniest thing he could do would be to come back on X and to make his first post meet me at the Capitol at 1pm, let's finish the job. That would be so funny to me if after all that, he just was like, let's do it again. Insurrection 2.0, let's have a crack. For me, that's funny. I would like to see him go back on X 
purely because I would find that very, very entertaining. So Alex Jones got voted back into X. And, you know, the first thing he does, he releases a video of him doing an interview with, you know, conservative, former Fox News host, Tucker Carlson. And everyone, you know, a lot of people are very upset that Alex Jones has been reinstated because they're saying, well, you know, this is a guy who, you know, clearly spouts misinformation and clearly dabbles in dangerous conspiracy theories. And there are limits to free speech that we have to observe. And I do think that's kind of true, but I I have a lot of faith in the market. I have a lot of faith in, I guess, the free market and capitalism because X will only exist as a platform and can only exist as a platform so long as it has people willing to advertise on the platform that make it profitable or at least not too much of a, a loss-making venture for Elon Musk. So if you remember... You know, when Musk took over, it was already like just bleeding money. So he said to people, okay, well, you know, if you give me $8 a month, I'll give you a blue tick. And that way everyone will know that you're a fucking loser. And a lot of fucking losers were like, oh, well, this is so much easier for me to just pay the $8 a month to the richest man in the world, you know, who needs my money. So I'll just pay him that much money. And then I don't have to preface every post I make with, hey, just so you know, I'm a fucking loser and here's my opinion. Because now we can just look at the blue tick and go, oh, well, you know, that they're paying almost 100 US dollars a month to, you know, uh, a, a guy who uh, renamed a company X so that it would appear in every search result for anyone looking for pornography that's a great way for them to save time. They can let everyone know, hey, I'm a fucking loser. You know, because before they'd have to say, oh, hey, I'm a fucking loser before they post. Or they'd have to be like, oh, hey, um, I'm, I just bought Bitcoin. You know, there's, there's, it would just take time for them to show you that they're a fucking loser, that they're a moron. And the blue tick is actually a very, really efficient and, and not too expensive way of just communicating that to the rest of the world. So, Elon Musk managed to make a bit of money by letting these fucking losers pay money to show everyone that they're a fucking loser. But it's not enough. It's not enough. Shockingly, there aren't enough fucking losers in the world to keep that company afloat. So he relies on advertising. And a lot of advertisers have been fleeing the platform, you know, over the past few months, uh, like Apple, Disney, etc., because... You know, they don't want their ads appearing on a platform and then right underneath that is a neo-Nazi saying, oh, have we considered gassing the Jews? Like, you know, if you're if you're Disney and you're releasing, you know, the new Little Mermaid movie and she happens to be black, you don't want that ad to be sandwiched between uh, two Ku Klux Klan recruit, uh, recruitment posts. So Elon Musk you know, has been losing a lot of money on the platform because the advertisers are, are pulling out. And the advertisers are pulling out because of the racism, because of the misinformation, because of the conspiracy theories that are popping up over and over again on this platform. And of course, Alex Jones is only going to contribute to that problem even more. So I kind of welcome Alex Jones going on the platform 
because I think it's going to mean that these big companies that previously invested a lot in their advertising on Twitter are going to pull their ads off. I'm sure you'll get new companies like filling the space. I'm sure like the the people selling the the dick pics, not the dick pics, the people selling the 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 dick pills that they import from uh, Brazil and are made of fentanyl. Like I'm I'm sure that those companies will still advertise, but I just don't think they have the deep pockets that a lot of these more established corporations do. So I kind of welcome Alex Jones joining or rejoining X because I have faith in the free market that eventually advertisers will be like, okay, well, we're pulling all our ads and eventually X will just kind of collapse. There'll be no moderation. There'll be no money in it. It'll just be a bunch of people spending $8 a month to abuse each other and they were doing this previously on reddit and like and 4chan these types of like awful awful websites for incels and and losers previously they were doing it on those websites but now they'll just be doing it on twitter yelling at each other and you know expressing race their racism and 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 spreading misinformation and but at least now they're paying $8 a month to do so. So I think that ultimately, if Elon Musk ends up just creating this platform that sucks all these fucking morons and these absolute scum of the earth losers, you know, onto it, where they pay $8 a month to just yell amongst themselves, I think that's overall a win for society if we just kind of keep them uh, paying money to a billionaire uh, so they can pretend like they're the man. I think that's the ultimate, hopefully the ultimate end goal for X. And as a comedian who enjoys entertainment, that's a fun thing to watch. Sorry, that was 30 minutes of me talking about Alex Jones. I'm sorry if you fast-forwarded you know, 10 minutes and you're like, well, okay, he'll be done. He'll be done soon. And then you went 15 and he was like, okay, well, that's, there's only so much you can say about Alex Jones. And I'm really sorry if it's taking you a long time to get through that. I'm not going to talk about Alex Jones anymore. I hope that you still remember your wife's name. I'm now going to talk about Australia Day because it is only December, but it's never too early to start the culture wars. It's never too early for the Murdoch media to start stoking the culture wars and getting people angry and upset with each other many weeks out from a day that, to be honest, everyone is just over with anyway. No one really gives a shit about. So for any non-Australian listeners, Australia Day is on the 26th of January and that's a controversial day to have Australia Day. It's the day that the British fleet arrived in Australia. And the reason why it's controversial is because, you know, they started the genocide that day against Indigenous people. So, you know, it's a bit of a sticking point for Indigenous people where they're like, hey, um, I get that, you know, this is now like Australia and it's like now you guys, you know, you've been in charge for a while now. But 
you know, it's a little bit insensitive that you're kind of having a big, a big party, big holiday on the day that, you know, my people uh, started to get killed en masse. <laughs> so a lot of indigenous people find that day to be kind of offensive, kind of upsetting. Obviously a lot of white people and immigrants also have that opinion as well. I personally think it's a, a very, very strange day to have a big celebration of the country. But of course, the culture wars have started early this year because a lot of local councils are coming out and saying, hey, we're not going to have like a big party on Australia Day this year. We're just going to maybe do some Indigenous ceremonies or keep it kind of somber and respectful. It's, you know, for some of us, it might not even be a public holiday. We're going to allow our staff to come in on that day. If they, if they want to work that day, they can come in on that day and they can have an, an extra day of leave that they can take at some other point throughout the year so that we're not forcing our staff to, I guess, participate in a day that Indigenous people and many others find very, very offensive. Now, that seems to me perfectly reasonable. Let people choose what they want to do that day. They want to celebrate it, go for it. That's your right. If you decide not to, that's fine as well. But of course, then you've got these fucking moron patriots who, let's be honest, are mostly found on X with their blue ticks next to their names, tweeting about how Alex Jones is a genius who's going to free us all from the tyranny of the globalists. And by globalists, I just mean Jews, but you can't say Jews, otherwise everyone's like, that's overtly anti-Semitic. So if you could just be covertly anti-Semitic, that would be great so that the dregs of companies that still advertise this platform will continue to advertise on it. So all these losers are getting angry that some people and some local councils will not be celebrating Australia Day, which I think is just the most embarrassing response to have. I mean, getting upset that other people are not celebrating Australia Day on the day that you want it to be. It's like getting upset that other people aren't celebrating your birthday. Like, you can have, if you want to have a party for your birthday, go for it. Do whatever. It's your birthday. Do whatever you want. But don't expect everyone else to like come to the party and wish you happy birthday. This, this should just be up to everyone's individual choice. If you want to, have a, have a, if you want to go out and get fucked up and pissed on Australia Day, you know, as God intended, go for it. But if you don't want to, you can't force people, you can't force people to be happy on the day. What, what's the plan? Is it, is it, what, are these idiots just going to be roaming around with their Australian flags hanging off their shoulder that were made in China? You know, just yelling at anyone who's not smiling that day. Be like, what are you doing? What are you frowning about over there? Are you, are you being somber? Are you, you know, it's bloody Australia Day. Don't be somber. No, you know, it's illegal to be somber. What, what is so upsetting to these people? You do what you want and let other people do what they want. I, I keep thinking about like, what is it that, you know, is, is going through these people's minds? Why do they get upset so much every year when more and more people are deciding not to have a big party on Australia Day? I think it's because they know that you know, Australia, this could be the like, we're up to like our last few Australia days because let's be honest, like China 
is going to be taking over pretty soon. Pretty soon. As soon as they take Taiwan, then they're coming for us next because they're sick of having to pay for our wine and our meats and our copper that we export to them. They're just going to come here and just be like, oh, it's, it's ours now. This is China, one China. You're now Chinese and we don't have Australia anymore. We have China Day. We have one China Day, okay? And that's, and everyone celebrates. And if you don't celebrate one China Day, we actually, we will kill you. So maybe it's the fear of China that is driving a lot of their their upsetness and their frustrations that other people aren't celebrating Australia Day. Because, and I can kind of, if it's that, I do understand it. Because it's like, well, I think they should just come out and be honest and say, look, guys, I know that Jan 26 is the divisive day, but let's be frank with each other. It's not going to be a divisive for much longer because eventually it'll just be China Day. So let's just kind of enjoy the last few that we have as much as possible. Please, can we all just be happy before before we lose our sovereignty? Can we all just... I mean, they say always was Indigenous land and always will be Indigenous land, but let's be honest, eventually it will be Chinese land. So can we just kind of unite on Jan 26, set up some fireworks, have a nice time and wait for Xi Jinping to arrive? in the next 12 to 24 months. Can we just do that? So if that's where it's coming from, I understand it. I wish they would just express that. I wish they would just say, look, I'm scared that this could be the last Australia Day we have. And I don't want it to be marred by somber behavior. I want us to all get on the piss, have one final big piss up, before the Chinese Liberation Army arrives and enslaves us all. So if that's what's going through their minds, I understand it. I can only presume it is. The last thing I have to talk about is, of course, Taylor Swift. She's had an incredible year and it has been capped off by being named Times Person of the Year. Congratulations, Taylor Swift. A lot of people still don't understand what Times Person of the Year is. People think it's like the award for best person. That's not what the award is. At least I really hope it's not because uh, Hitler got Times Person of the Year. Uh, Stalin got Times Person of the Year. Uh, Putin, Trump, these people have all been awarded... Not sure if awarded is the correct word, but have all been labeled Times Person of the Year. I don't think they were the best people that year. I don't think I don't think Time magazine was like 1936, Hitler fucking killed it this year. Didn't he? He had a big one. He had a real good one this year. What a good guy. What a ugh, what a hero Hitler has been this year. I mean, I really hope it wasn't that, because then they'd really have to walk that back come 1945. But so people misunderstand. They're like, oh, she's not the best person. And she's she's not the best person. She's just the most influential person, the person who had the most impact on 
on people and on culture. And she probably did because she she broke Ticketmaster and she sold out, you know, arenas all over the world. It's like the biggest tour, I think, in history. I mean, you can make the argument that she's the most influential person for white women, you know, white women who are 30 and who need to relive that three-month period when they finished school and when they were 18 and Romeo and Juliet was number one and they had just discovered Taylor Swift. Taylor Swift is definitely the most influential person for like white millennial women. Is she the, has, has she had the biggest influence on the world as a whole? I mean, you could argue that the Hamas paragliders had a bigger influence. I'm not saying they're good guys. I'm just saying that, you know, they've kicked off a big war that could expand into a regional Middle East war. They could expand into World War Three. So I'm just saying, you know, I think it, for me, it was a close contest between Taylor Swift and her influence on white millennial women and the Hamas paragliders and their influence on uh, starting a big war. So... You know, I just think it was a tough call. And look, probably I think time probably got it right. It probably got it right. I think Taylor... I mean, I know Hamas killed a lot of people, but Taylor has sold like, you know, hundreds of thousands of tickets. I mean, I don't know how many number ones Hamas has had, but I don't think it's many. So I could see why Taylor Swift was chosen over the Hamas paragliders. But you know, hey, Hamas paragliders is always next year. There's always next year. So, um, you know, you keep working on your craft. One day, you could be Times Person of the Year. And then everyone will be like, wow, I did not know that they were good guys. But I'm sure all the anti-Semites on X will be like, Hamas paragliders, of course. Of course, they're the heroes we needed this year. Sorry, we almost got through this episode without me bringing up Israel and Hamas. Ugh, almost. I promised myself I wouldn't do it this week. Here we are. I brought it up. I'm so sorry. That does conclude this week's episode. I hope you found that uh, at the very least interesting. Sorry for all the Alex Jones chat. If you enjoyed this week's podcast or any of the previous podcasts, feel free to give it a nice review on Spotify or Apple. That's just a nice thing to do because it does help other people find the podcast and helps more people get involved. You're also welcome to come and see me do stand-up comedy. You're welcome to do that. You don't have to, but I'll be doing that at the Fringe World Festival, which is kicking off uh, in January. I'll be doing shows in Perth and Fremantle. Then I've got a work-in-progress show in London on the 11th of March, which will be a lot of fun. I'll just be mucking around, trying out some new jokes in March. Tickets for that are only a pound, which is probably how much it's worth. But I still think I'd, you should come because I think if you enjoy the things I say on this podcast, which is essentially just me mucking around, you might enjoy a work in progress show of mine in London on the 11th of March. And then the Melbourne International Comedy Festival is coming up at the end of March through April. I'll be doing a new show there that will be good and structured and it'll feel like a show and I'll be charging 
appropriately for that show because it you're going to get a good product. So if you are in Melbourne, keep an eye out for that. Tickets will go on sale very, very shortly, hopefully uh, before Christmas so that you can get some last minute Christmas presents uh, for your fellow Gentiles to see their favorite Jewish comedian. Thank you for listening. I'll see you next week. Happy Hanukkah. Merry Christmas and have a great Kwanzaa, a blessed Kwanzaa and a a lovely rest of your Wednesday or Thursday if you're listening to this in the UK or Australia. Good night.